Hello and welcome back to the Biweek Podcast. I'm here, I'm Blake, alongside Quinn and Cole. We've been out for a few months just finishing up school and there also really hasn't been that much NFL news, but we're back and ready to attack the offseason. Today we're going to be talking about our top five players at each position in fantasy football. Top five quarterbacks, top five wide receivers, top five running backs, and top five tight ends. Cole, where do you think we should start? I think we should go first to the quarterbacks and I'll start us off at my number five slot. I've got Jalen Hurts for this upcoming season. After a great year last year, I think that he's just going to continue. The Eagles paid him. That means they want to use him. And, I mean, they clearly he gets points off of even just QB sneaks that they do along the goal line. You know, he's clearly improved as a passer over the past couple of years. They still got a great wide receiver group. I think he's going to be lethal this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Hurts is a he's a great quarterback, especially for fantasy because that rushing upside. And also last year, you saw how much more talented his arm was with those great receivers, A.J. Brown and Devonta. So I actually have him higher, but I do respect that at five. What about you, Quinn? Who's your five? Uh, at my five, I have Justin Fields. We really saw him uh, kind of grow over the second half of the season, especially with his rushing ability. He was getting over 100 rushing yards per game. So I think we continue to see that. Uh, the Bears became much more offensive and much more dangerous when Justin Fields was a runner. While it does bring some injury risk, as long as he can stay uh, relatively healthy, he's a pretty tough guy, then I think we'll see him thrive in the fantasy aspect. Yeah, he's quite a runner. At my five spot, I have Joe Burrow. Can't argue oh, as one man. of the best wide receiver cores in the league. It's a pass-heavy offense. It wouldn't surprise me if he finished the, the top of attempts and top of yards. The only downside I can say is that he really doesn't have the rushing upside like the rest of these four guys on my list. But he is still a superstar quarterback, and I think going to be top five for fantasy. Yeah, but I, I would like – I've got Joe Burrow basically at my sixth, and the only reason I don't have him in my top five is because we know in fantasy the most important thing for a quarterback, a lot of times that separates like you know the mid-tier from the upper tier is that ability to run. And that's why running backs are so highly valued, and a quarterback that has that in addition to passing is too good to pass up for me. Yeah, I completely agree, but there is those players that are just such good passers that they're still amazing for fantasy. I mean, we can't discount Patrick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, but yeah. at that same time, like, you know, I think Joe Burrow is a top three quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in fantasy, though. That's just my designation on that. I mean, I had Joe Burrow last year, and he was a top three guy. I think he ended up at maybe number two or something like that. He was at number two at one point in the year. I think you it know, was Mahomes, Hurts was number one and two, but I think he was yeah. for sure top five. Yeah, jo yeah, Joe Burrow was at least top five. Um, and his pure passing ability just he he is like a decent runner. It's obviously not what he intends to do, but he maybe gets ten rushing yards a game. Uh, but I mean, Joe Burrow's pure passing ability is I think too hard to pass up on. He he probably <laughs> averages two hundred and eighty yards per game. So yeah, ten rushing yards per game is only one fantasy point, which is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, really? I, I, I can't say anything. I, I do love Joe Burrow, and I think he's going to have another great year. He, he actually did get a few rushing touchdowns over the year, so you yeah. can count on one of those every yeah, other game. Yeah. And it's a pass-heavy offense. I mean, every single game he's going to be throwing, I think, 250-plus yards. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, especially How, about, how about your guys' number four spot? Cole, who do you have? Uh, this is a bit controversial here, I know, but I've got Patrick Mahomes down in my four. And I know that's going to come as a big surprise in, obviously, like – it's never a bad thing when you have Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy team. I just, I was going through the guys this year and the three guys I have above them, I just simply think are going to score more in fantasy. I mean, no debate. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL by no small margin. Just in terms of fantasy, I, I'm looking at his wide receiver core and I don't really like it. And obviously he produced last year with, you know, not a great receiver core, but 
if they were to get D Hop, I would move them up this list probably to two or one. It's just looking at the core right now, I I'm scared to and obviously it's hard to pass up Patrick Mahomes, but I'm scared looking at who he's throwing to right now. I mean, the thing for me is that he's working with basically the same wide receiver core he was working with last year. And he was still the number one quarterback. So I don't see why that would change this year. Right? Yeah, but I mean, he it, lost his not... he lost Juju this year. And was I Juju mean, that big of a but Jojo player? Juju was like, not that big of a deal yeah, last year. In, ter- in terms of the Chiefs offense, what receiver was bigger than him? Marquez Valdez Scantling. MVS and Juju were like around the same, but neither of them had spectacular seasons. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, plus Kelsey is going to be his major target anyway. So I, I just think, think as long as Kelsey is still producing and is healthy, I don't think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes' numbers waver. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just think it's Mahomes. Don't overthink it. He's for sure the best player in this league. He's been the top QB in fantasy two years in a row. I don't really mind his receiving core. He's going to get it done. He's going to throw 300 plus yards pretty much every single game. And he also does rush a little bit. I mean, it's just Mahomes. I, I can't count him out. And so having him that low, I think is a, it's a little disgraceful. Yeah. Well, I just simply the three guys I have over him are guys that I would rather take in. Obviously, if I got Patrick Mahomes on my fantasy team, I will not complain. I'll be a happy camper. Right. It's just there's simply three other guys I would rather have over him. That's all but it, there is a compelling case because with how poor quarterbacks did last year, they're going to be more expensive in drafts. So taking Mahomes, you might have to waste a, a late second and early third round pick on him. Yeah. So, so maybe and it's not get, worth it. And you guys I know agree. I'm not a guy who takes quarterbacks high. Like last year, I took my quarterback in seventh or eighth round. I just I simply think it's more important to create a stacked team, and then you're going to get production out of kind of as long as you have a solid quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I'm usually like that too. Last year, it kind of bit me in the butt, but usually I agree. Quinn, what about you at number four? At number four, I have Jalen Hurts. As Cole mentioned, he really sprouted last year. Uh, He was a great runner of the ball, also an excellent passer with the addition of A.J. Brown and that Devontae Smith tandem. They worked really well, and, I mean, it led to a Super Bowl, So, uh, and they just paid him big money. So, obviously, the Eagles trust him. Uh, I think they have a really strong offense that's only improved this year with – some support in the backfield. So uh, I do think Jalen Hurts will continue his uh, his stardom. Yeah. No yeah. Agreement there. How about and at number four, yeah. I have Lamar. Heavily Ooh. upgraded wide receiver core with OBJ and Zay Flowers. And he's back and healthy. He's probably the best rusher in the league. And this offense is going to look way better than it did last year. It's crazy how bad this team is without Lamar. But at the same time, the Ravens are known to be a run-heavy offense. Lamar is going to be running a lot, which is good for fantasy. But he's not going to be passing that much as much as a guy like Jalen Hurts. So I have him at four. Yeah. And I, while I like that, I, I actually have him a little higher on my list, as we'll get to. Yeah, but, I think him and, yeah. and Jalen can kind of go either way, for me at least. Yeah. How, who do you have at your three, Blake? I have Jalen there. So I probably oh, flipped yeah. it with you guys. I just think I have Jalen Hurts because obviously he has that great rushing ability. I don't think he's as good as Lamar, but he's a more stocky runner and he's better at finishing at the goal line. But I will say, they put a lot of money into the, the running back uh, like core this year with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. So those carries for for Jalen Hurts are going to go down. Maybe not that much, but a little bit. And especially those like first and goal QB sneaks, they might give that to Swift or they might give that to Penny. He's still going to be good, but the, I don't think he's going to have nearly as big of an impact on the rushing side as he did last year. But he still has that great receiver core and he's still a great yeah, passer. And, but I think he will improve as a passer, as you said, to kind of balance that out. Yeah, but he, and he has that amazing offensive line too. So I think yeah. three and four with Lamar and Jalen, in my opinion, it can go either way. They're both amazing. Yeah. Vig, who you have? Uh, at my three, I have Joe Burrow. Um, like I said earlier, 
I think his passing ability is just uh, oftentimes on par, maybe just a little uh, not as good as Mahomes and Allen. But honestly, I think he's right there. Uh, I think he's a better him. passer than Allen, really. Probably, yeah. He's he's certainly more accurate, and while, while he may not have the like the same arm strength as Josh Allen, I mean, he he doesn't struggle throwing the deep ball. I mean, it's not like uh, jo- Joe Burrow needs to be throwing the ball seventy yards during the game all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, and with, I'll use that to jump onto my number three, which is Josh Allen, and mostly because of he loves to throw the deep ball, which we know gets you huge points in fantasy. He runs a ton, which obviously is a huge important thing for quarterbacks. He's got Stefan Diggs in that offense. He's got Dalton Kincaid now, who I'm really, really high on. I think that he's going to continue being a top three quarterback. I don't see that changing this year. That's why I've got Josh Allen at my three. I I love Josh Allen at three. I haven't even higher, but I just love how he... He's, he's, he doesn't think about throwing the deep bomb. He, he, he just does it anyways, and he's a big bruising running back. He's 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 down to just run through the pocket and get those extra yards. Throws the deep balls. He throws some interceptions, which is not great for fantasy points, but everything else, he's just perfect when you think of a fantasy quarterback. So, yeah, I agree yeah, with like, that. Remember, just two years ago, he was a consistent second, third-round pick in fantasy. Everyone wanted Josh Allen, and I think you're still going to get similar production out of him in this coming year, but you're probably going to be able to get him fourth, fifth round because everyone's starting to value some other QBs a little higher. Yeah, 100%. That's why I have Josh Allen at the two, actually. I think he's going to clean it up a little bit this year. He kind of got injured at the second half of the year. We we don't know how much that hindered him, but I mean, I think it certainly did take a bit of a toll um, on his playing ability. Plus, just in general, he's kind of been... The, the Bills in general have just kind of been on like a downward you know, kind of trend throughout the year. I mm-hmm. think they're going to clean that up a, a, a bit this year and kind of play a little bit a little bit more consistently now that josh allen has matured so i do think josh allen uh is only going to get better from here so that's why i have him at the two especially if they were to get dalvin cook this upcoming season that takes a ton of pressure off the pass game which can only help him even more yeah and the thing is even with all the hate allen got last year even when allen plays bad in real life he still plays good in fantasy just because the style of play he has so yeah he's Mm -hmm. like consistently good every single week so yeah he's a steal yeah, he's still throwing three, touchdowns. Have, he's three. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah. And my number three, I have Jalen Hurts. We already talked about him. So, yeah, all good. Yeah. Who you have your number two? Number two, I have Josh Allen. Like you Got guys it. said, the Attic and Cade, great wide receiver core. They have Damian Harris. The offense is going to be good. And just the way he plays football, those deep bombs, his rushing ability, he's just superstar for fantasy. Nothing else I can say. Yeah. Purely superstar. And my number two, another guy who's a fantasy superstar got the bag this offseason, is Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's the undisputed best rushing quarterback, I think, and I don't know that too many people would disagree with that. But I think this upcoming season, the reason I don't have him at one, as maybe I might, is because the Ravens have already said that they're going to start pulling back from rushing with Lamar as much. They want to protect him for his you know, free future career. They don't want him getting injured. They're going to have him pass a bit more, which, I mean, while it'll still produce, obviously, it will take away a little bit of that rushing upside that I love about Lamar Jackson, but I've still got him at my two. He's always going to produce in fantasy. It's Lamar. The the Ravens are nothing without Lamar, so it makes sense for them to be a little cautious with his running ability, but he's still going to run. And my offense just got completely rejuvenated with the receiving core, so this could be Lamar's best season and it would not surprise me. Yeah, and we saw him get injured at the end of last season. I think they really took that into heart and are right all right, we got to protect our boy. We can't let him get hurt out there. We got to pass with him more. You got to make sure he's not taking those hits, the wear and tear. 
And I think we saw what happened when he does take that wear and tear at the end of last season. They had Tyler Huntley starting a playoff game. Yeah, that Cole does bring up a good point. That is kind of my only doubt about Lamar. We obviously know he has the ability to be a top five, top three guy in the league, and especially in fantasy, the top one. He had an MVP season in 2019. But my only doubt, like Cole said, is the uh, is that he's been a bit injury prone over the last two years. We haven't quite seen the same Lamar since that 2019 season. Hopefully we see it again this year. I like seeing Lamar compete. I like seeing him be successful, even though I'm a Browns fan. Uh, it sucks to watch in the AFC North. But uh, he does bring a new light to the NFL that I do like to see. Yeah, and, and at number the, one, do we all have Mahomes? I have uh, Mahomes. Everyone except for Cole. Cole uh, I have Patrick down my four. And those out there need to listen right here. This upcoming season, QB1 is Justin Fields. Last season, once he got going, he averaged 25 points a game. Second half of the season, everyone wanted him on their fantasy team. He got people to playoffs. They probably picked him up as a free agent, right, to say, oh, I need a filler QB, and he delivered. The Bears are going to run him a lot. He has an improved offensive line, an improved wide receiver core. Justin Fields is going to be your QB1 in fantasy this year. I would put massive money on it right now. I'm calling it. And while Mahomes is a great player, Justin Fields finishes ahead of him, and I feel confident saying that. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's quite an quite an interesting take right now, just because I don't really see Fields as even top five that often. I see him around six or seven and eight on the list, but it does make sense. I mean, we saw how insanely good he good he was for fantasy last year with his rushing upside. But I just question a little bit because there's no doubt some games rushing is he's not going to be able to rush that much. Do you really trust his arm to still produce in those games where he's not going to have two touchdowns on the ground? It's, it's. I'm sorry, but it can't happen every single game. But we've seen that he started improving as a passer towards the end of the season. His completion percentage improved in every fourth of the season. His lowest completion percentage was throughout the first four games, and his highest completion percentage was through the last four games. He improved as a quarterback in addition to having over 150 rush yards a game. No one can pass that up as a fantasy QB, and I certainly will not be. And if I got Justin Fields as my fantasy QB and I'm looking at him in the fourth, fifth round, I think I'm taking him because he's too much for me to pass up on, even if I could probably get him a round or two later. But what about Lamar? Yeah, I, I mean, Lamar has that rushing upside too. Do you, do you still think Fields will have a better fantasy season than Lamar? Yeah, and I think that's mostly because of the improved receiving core. And while they both did get improved receiving cores, I like the Bears receiving core a lot more. I like their offensive line a lot more. And I just think at the end of the season, I was seeing Justin Fields rip off huge runs that were you know, saving people's fantasy weeks. I know I personally had him. I picked him up off the waivers. He saved my season at the end of the year. I had an injury-riddled team. I had Lamar who went down with injury, and Justin Fields carried me to the playoffs. You think that the, that the Bears receiving core is better than the Ravens? Yeah, I, I mean, all right. The Ravens right now got an old injury prone coming off of injury OBJ. But he's, still, he's still great. Unproven rookie Zay Flowers, who I'm very high on. You know that. But still, he's an unproven rookie. And, and Rashad Bateman. And Rashad Bateman, who is starting to become a borderline bust of a first round pick a couple of years ago. We have not seen him produce yet. Meanwhile, with the Bears, you got and Chase. You have Andrews Claypool. too, though. Yeah, but as, as a tight end, though, I mean, he can only produce so much. So I've got right. All right. We take the tight end. One out of their four is a solid guy. But then you look at the Bears. 
I like Chase Claypool a lot. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. Um, I loved their trade for DJ. I think he's going to be huge this upcoming season. And then they've also got Cole Komet, who's proven to be a solid starting tight end in the league. I really like him over Lamar. I think their receiving groups are comparable, but often like offensive line wise and coaching wise, I don't think they're comparable at all. The Ravens have always had a very strong offensive line. Like that's just honestly a staple for the Ravens. And plus John Harbaugh is, is like, he's a vet, you know, he he's been coaching the Ravens forever. He knows the system. He knows the team. They're always going to be successful. The bears have a second year head coach and haven't been successful since what? Like Mitch Trubisky year one or two. I made a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I just don't see them being more successful than the Ravens. Uh, I could see Justin Fields being extremely successful fantasy guy. Is it, I think it's a little premature to call him the number one guy after one year of success, but I, I do think he could definitely be a top five, top three guy. If he, if he blows up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I obviously I know I'm probably jumping the shark a little here. It's just that with this in particular, this is something I'm very like into is, you know, identifying a guy who, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on and, you know, having like, I want to be the first one to say, Justin Fields is going to be QB one this season. And I really feel like there's a good chance that he is. He was QB one through the second half of last season. No, there's no, you know, way that I can say, Oh, there's not, he's not going to do it again when he has an improved offensive line and improved receiving core. I'm very, yeah. Happy. I mean, if you really feel about like highly about that, then you should keep endorsing that take because if it does blow up and it's true, then you'll get a lot of credit, which is awesome. Yeah. All right, let's look at the top five wide receivers. Oh, wide receivers. Okay. All right. Who do you guys Vig, have at number five? Have? Yeah, Vic. Who do you got at number five? At five, I was kind of, I was kind of in between a, a few guys. Um, I put Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is still a bit doubtful for me though, just because, uh, him and Matt Stafford were, were both out last year. So I mean, who knows if he could still, you know, build off of that stellar season he had two years ago but i could also see a guy a younger guy like garrett wilson sneak in here if that chemistry with aaron Rodgers builds or i could see a guy like aj brown also be in this five spot yeah but having cooper cup that low is wild to me he i mean i i think phenomenal receiver I'm, he, I'm not doubting it but he really only has had one season where he was a top 10 receiver how about last season before he got injured? Every single game, yeah, he, was he averaged the most points. Offense. He averaged the most points in the entire league, not just receivers. I know that's fair, but he still hasn't played in a while. So, yeah, but know. like, who else? Who else? Who else is going to get a single catch? Can I ask you that? Tutu Atwell, Tyler. Who else Higby. in the Who else in the offense is going to get Higby more than two? That's your number one target. <laughs> Outside of Cooper Cup, I think there's and that means no Cooper Cup's sh- getting a ton of targets. Van there's Jefferson been... has been getting a lot better. Okay, Van Jefferson. Man, no, it's, it's a reasonable that. take. I just think okay, I'll, I have him way higher, so we'll talk I mean, about him he, then. I think he's definitely, I think he's definitely like top five material. It, I don't know, injuries for me just kind of set me back a little bit. I like, like, I find injuries to be like very, very, they question guys quite a bit. I, I don't find them to be reliable. I don't find players to be reliable once they're coming off injury. Okay, I'll talk about Cup more later when yeah. he's on my list. But now my number five, I have Devontae Adams. He's Devontae Adams. He's great every year, but I just know this team is going to be really bad. There's even talks about Garoppolo not playing in the beginning of the year because of like all this uh, physical stuff and maybe his elbow's not ready or something. But Adams is still going to have a massive target share, just like Cup will, I think, because there's not really anyone else there. 
Waller's yeah. gone. Hunter Renfro's been injured a lot. And Adams is one of those guys that almost always leads the league in TDs. So I don't really think he's going to have as many yards as some of these other guys, but he's for sure going to be up there with touchdowns. And that's amazing for fantasy. He's still Devontae Adams, no matter who the quarterback is. But it is a downgrade if he's not going to have Derek Carr or Garoppolo. It could be some random person. Yeah, I really like that take. I think Devontae Adams is going to have to adjust to having a weaker QB after years of having Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, even last year we saw a bit of a regression with Derek Carr. Yeah, but even Derek so, Carr's like it's been his homie for 10 years. Yeah. So I agree that I could very likely see a Devontae Adams regression. But at my five, I have Tyreek Hill. And it's not actually a diss on Terry kill. I think he's going to be spectacular this year. It's just that I'm a little worried about Tua. He's been dealing with a ton of concussions, different injuries, and they do have a lot of other guys who are fighting for targets down there. I mean, just the easiest to mention is Jalen Waddle. He's going to steal mm -hmm. a ton of targets. We know that the dolphins want to run more this upcoming year, especially if they get Dalvin cook. So I just, while I think he's a phenomenal player, I just simply have him down at my five. Not a diss on him. It's just, you know, just kind of the situation he's in. Things are changing offensively for that team, but he was arguably the best receiver last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a little low. I think he was, I think it was either him or Justin Jefferson finished that position ring number one for wide receiver. I think it was Tyreek. So, I mean, and you say Jalen Waddle will take targets. I mean, maybe, but it didn't necessarily affect him that bad last year. I mean, they were a pretty yeah. pass-heavy team anyway. Dalvin Cook could change that, right? They're trying to take a load off of Tua because yeah. he's obviously proven to be a bit injury-prone, like I've said. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I think he's definitely still at least a top-three guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there. It's just currently where I have him at. Yeah, That's what about fine. number four? Who do you have, Quinn? Uh, I have Stephon Diggs. I think he's going to make a bit of a comeback this year. Uh, I know last year wasn't quite as exciting, but like I've said, I think Josh Allen is going to play a lot better this year, which is also why I think Stephon Diggs is going to play a lot better. This team also may be running the ball a bit more, but Stephon Diggs has really been uh, one of the more consistent wide receivers over the, la over the last couple of years. So I do think he uh, he's going to come back this year after a bit of a down year, uh, and he's you know I think he's going to be great. Yeah, no, uh, I agree with that take a lot. I mean, he's a great receiver. And uh, my number four, I have Jamar Chase. Honestly, I have no issue with the Jamar Chase. He's amazing, but I just like the other three guys a little bit more. He has another superstar wide receiver on his team, which I know hasn't affected him that much, but it's still worrisome sometimes because every once in a while, T. Higgins is going to have that amazing game and Jamar leave Jamar in the dust a little bit. And also the injury. He had a big injury last year, which is a big deal, like Quinn said. If I know my receiver is going to miss seven or eight games in one season, it is it could really affect him. And I don't think he's going to be he's not injury prone at all. He's had one injury, but uh, it's still it still is kind of a big deal. And I have no I have no issues with Jamar. I just had these other guys a little bit higher. Yeah, I, I have Jamar at my four two. similar reasoning, not a diss on Jamar. Just there's other guys I feel are better than him. That's, yeah, it's like if I, if I end up with Jamar as my wide receiver one, I'm completely happy. It just at the end of the day, sometimes it comes up to tiers more than rankings. It's like these guys are all tier one. Jamar's a tier one receiver. I just think three guys are a little bit better than them in fantasy. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, my number three, I have Blake's number five. I have Devontae Adams. And while the concerns are very legitimate in terms of QB play being an issue, there's still no one there to really take targets from him, especially now that Darren Waller's gone. 
And at the end of the day, he's Devontae Adams. He's going to produce. He's going to get you fantasy points. He's always a red zone threat. I I love to have him in fantasy. I've got him at my number three. Yeah. What about you, Quinn? Uh, for me at the three, I have Jamar Chase. He, I had him last year. I had him and Joe Burrow combo. Uh, it was super successful. And even when T. Higgins had a very successful game, Jamar Chase also was still uh, racking up a good amount of points. Uh, maybe he not might not get 100 yards, but he'll still get a touchdown. Joe Burrow was very, very pass heavy. And I think that offense is going to remain pass heavy. Uh, so I don't see a big regression with Jamar. Obviously, he did that have that injury last year. But at the end of the year, he picked up right back where he started from the beginning of the year. So I'm not super worried about it. Um, but yeah, I do think he's a top three guy. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say is, who knows Joe Mixon? He could play, he could not play. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of questions about him. This could mean the offense is even more pass-heavy, which means more targets for Jamar and T. So Jamar could, could have an amazing year. 100%. Yeah. All right, uh, my number two. I have Justin Jefferson, which may come as a surprise, but it's where I've got him at. I think that uh, my number one guy is just better than him, and it it's Cooper Cup. I'll jump the shark there a little bit. I just I like Cooper Cup more in terms of what I see for this upcoming year. I see less target competition. I see less of an issue in terms of quarterback play, and because I like Stafford over Kirk Cousins any day of the week. And Cooper Cup is the only guy to get the triple crown. So for that reason, I've got Jay Jettis at my two, controversially. And I've got Cooper Cup at my number one. Uh, who do you have? Yeah, at my two, I have Tyree Kill. As I've stated previously, he was one of the top guys, if not the top guy, last year at the wide receiver position. I don't expect him to regress at all. Um, he really showed his true talent and how good of a player he is and that he doesn't need Patrick Mahomes to be successful. So... Uh, yeah, I do think Tyreek Hill is going to pick up right where he left off last year. Blake, who do you have? Uh, Blake. I think we lost him. Oh, there's Blake. Uh, I have Cooper Cup. Like I talked about earlier, there's absolutely nobody else in that wide receiver core. It's just Cup, and that's it. You could Tutu Atwell and Tyler Higby. They're not going to be taking that many. And we've seen that connection with, with Matthew Stafford. I also just think this team is going to be really, really bad. They're going to be down a lot. And Cup is by far the most consistent player in all of fantasy football. He's going to demand a massive target share. And over the last two seasons, he has like averaged more than 25 points per game. I I know Justin Jefferson and I know Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase. They're going to have those 45-point games. But I know every single week, Cooper Cup's dropping, give me 25. And it's not even a question about what's going on in the game. So that's what I want on my wide receiver one. So you've got Cup as your number one. And my number two, I have Jay Jettis. Yeah. Could easily put him at one, just kind of preference. Yeah, at my one, I have Justin Jefferson. He's been super consistent over the last two years. Obviously, Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in the world, but it has worked, um, and it hasn't necessarily slowed Justin Jefferson down. He's still just as impressive as ever and unguardable as ever. Um, I don't see that slowing down. It's just from a point of consistency as to why I have him at number one. Obviously, Cooper Cup can be incredibly consistent we like good as Blake said that those 25 point games where Justin Jefferson might drop a few tens or 11s maybe like two over the season but it's just that injury for me why I have Cooper Cup dropped and I have Justin Jefferson at the one yeah. what about Jamar's injury is that not that effective 
Well, the thing f- with Jamar's injury for me was that he came back at the end of the year and he ended up picking up right where he left off. Like it didn't seem to have an effect on him whatsoever. Um, but for Cooper Cup, he, he missed what maybe double digit games, like double yeah. digit amount of games. He missed like that's the thing games. for me. It's it's been a few months. It's gonna be probably closer to a year since he's last played. So it's and it's the same thing with Matthew Stafford. He was also out for a majority of last year. So it's QB. It's a combination of the QB and the wide receiver injury. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, Shall we move on to the running backs? Yeah, let's yeah, move let's on to running backs. Who do you have at your number five, Quinn? At the number five, I have Nick Chubb. Uh, this is also another guy who's been super consistent. The offensive line has remained relatively the same. While the Browns are looking to shift more towards a pass-heavy offense, Nick Chubb is still going to get those carries. He's still going to get those uh, those red zone touchdowns. So I'm not expecting him to slow down too much. And honestly, he's been the biggest sure thing over the past two or three years for the Cleveland Browns offense. It's going to be hard for them to move away from that, um, even though you know ownership wants them to do so. So we'll see how that plays out but I, I still think he's a top five guy yeah actually I love Nick Chubb here it was tough for me to choose he fell out of my top five but I still think he's an amazing running back and I'd love to have him in fantasy uh the no the pretty much zero work in the passing game is a little bit of a downside but the amount of rushing upside he has and the amount of touchdowns he scores the amount of uh runs he gets each game makes him still amazing for fantasy but he fell he's probably like my six or seven running back am I number yeah. five Cole, what do you think about that, Nick Chubb? Oh, I my only caveat with Chubb is that he doesn't have quite the receiving upside, which is why he fell on my top five. But honestly, there's been two guys over the past few f- seasons of fantasy that don't have receiving upside but always produce, and it's Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. No matter what, they can get it done on the ground, and they will always get you points, whether it's with a touchdown, huge runs. Yeah, like even though he doesn't have the receiving upside, which is why he fell out of my top five, he will always produce for you. You'll always get at least 13 points, and that's just the floor for him. And that's a great transition to my number five, which is Derrick Henry. We can all agree it looked like a down season for Derrick Henry last year. Just take a guess on where he finished. Seven. Quinn, what do you think? Five. Finished RB4 on a season where I'm like, oh, this is not a good Henry season. It's just until the brakes completely fall off Henry and he is on the ground and unable to run. I'm going to keep saying Henry's amazing because for fantasy, he's there's no question. He's going to get the most carries next year. It's just the way it works in Tennessee. He's going to get an insane amount of carries. And also it was interesting last year because he kind of had a little bit of receiving upside too. He had the most receiving yards of his whole career and he got a bunch How of screen passes. I think like, it was like 400. All right, that's solid. I mean, it's it's no Eckler, it's no McCaffrey, yeah, yeah. but usually Henry has oh, decent, a, though. like 50, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's still going to have that insane, he's probably going to have 25 carries per game. And the O-line did get a little better. It's still horrible, but it did get slightly better. Did the Tennessee first round get pick, better? How, how, could it get, how could it not be better? That's my question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think Skaronsky is, you know, Skaronsky again, made rookie. it better. But like yeah. having rookie offensive guards has proven to be a dangerous game. Clint Nelson I, turned out pretty pretty. Yeah, good. but also Yo, great. was like you the eleventh overall the eleventh overall pick. I mean, he's not like hey, a, again again. All I'm saying is that yeah, like, is no scrum. You can't yeah. say oh your whole team your offensive line is so much more improved because no got no it's not offensive it's, guard it's and t- then you got Andre Dillard. Better. It's slightly better. Last year we had 
you could say, oh, we lost Taylor Lewan, but he didn't play last year. He played one game, so it's not like last and year. The offensive our offensive line was pretty bad. That's what I'm saying. It got better because he didn't like from last year. We got Skronsky, which is it's is an upgrade, and we got rid of our Dennis Daly, which is like the worst offensive lineman ever. It's still horrible. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form this is the Eagles' offensive line, but with how well Den- Henry did last year, with how poor the offensive line is, a slight upgrade offensive line is 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 not is better than nothing. So I think. Henry's valid to have number number five. Yeah, I suppose, but the reason that I don't have him and he fell out of my top five mostly has to do with just simply the state of the Titans right now, in the sense that this offense is going to be extremely predictable because their quarterbacks are not going to have good play. You're either going to have Tannehill or Levis in there. Neither one of them is an elite quarterback. You mm-hmm. have really no one at receiver. You have Traylon Burks, who had a disappointing rookie campaign. And so when I look at that, it's really easy to just go ahead and stack the box against the Titans, especially now that they're saying they want to take some of the workload off Henry because they have a few young running backs. They drafted Ty J Spears and they ha- and they um, who's that running back you guys drafted last year? Hassan Haskins. Hassan Haskins. OK, but let me ask you this. Last year, we had likely had the most the worst receiving core I, I've seen in the last 15 years. I'm not even kidding. It was like the scrub of all scrub. Everybody knew Henry was getting the ball. He still finishes RB4. Do you really exactly. think it's going to be any worse this year? I, yeah. And that, that's that's why I'm not totally going all out saying this is an awful take because he is Derrick Henry at the end of the day. He's simply just not in my top five. Yeah, but they had like Quinn awful. catching passes out there. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> also, I think he's better than like Westbrook, whatever. Dude, he ain't no. Okay, whatever. Who oh, do you guys have okay. for your number four? Well, or, for the exact I, same reasons Blake said, I have Derrick Henry. Like, as Cole mentioned, you know, they could be predictable. They've been predictable the last two or three years, like but they've but years. they've made it to the playoffs, playoffs like maybe like 75% of the time. Yeah. You know, Der- like Derrick Henry's the hardest guy to tackle in the entire NFL. And I don't see this going anywhere. Um he's big, he's fast, he's strong. I you know, I don't see him being anything but a top five guy. Yeah, and that's valid. I just I like to have a receiver that has more receiving upside and isn't going on his age 30 season on a terrible team. But other than that, sure. Um, but we actually skipped over my number five, which oh, I wanted to take a moment to speak on, which is top five running back in fantasy this upcoming season will be Brees Hall. He had a massive start to last season. and He probably would have finished as the RB one, two or three last season had he not been injured. Now, yes, I'm looking at this and re- seeing that, oh, yeah, he's probably going to be out the first couple of weeks. Maybe. It doesn't matter. I still want him. He's going to be a guy who's going to push you into the playoffs. He's going to be a guy who wins you a championship. I think he's going to have a massive season when he's playing. And so I would take Brees Hall this year. Maybe not in the first round because, you know, you do want to have a guy that's there for those first couple of weeks. But Brees Hall is going to have a massive season. And I will die on that hill. I am questionable about Brees Hall because it's not some little injury. What torn ACL, right? Torn. Yeah, ACL. yeah. Torn ACL is something that ninety-five percent of players can't come back to full form. And I, I do trust Brees because he's young and he's a superstar. But it would not surprise me if they limit his workload, especially the first few weeks, because the Jets are likely going to make a playoff run. They're going to need him for the end. I think Brees might slightly be a better real running back than fancy running back this year. We'll see though. But I still think he's gonna be yeah. great. But yeah, that my my counter to that would be my number four guy in my rankings, which is Saquon Barkley, 
who proved that you can come back from a massive injury in, in return to your old form. Saquon had a phenomenal rookie year, got injured his sophomore year, and then his third and fourth years, he was kind of injury-ridden. But then he came back with a massive year last year, finishing as the RB3 in fantasy. He was huge last year. And it showed that you know even though he got injured a few times over the past few seasons, it just comes down to skill when he came back. And I think Brees Hall is going to be very similar where, yeah, he had a big injury. Sucks. He's going to show back up, and he's going to get right back on pace. He was only a rookie last year. He's only going into his second season. He does not have wear and tear on his body yet. I really like him, even with even with the injury, maybe out the first couple weeks. I really, really like Brees Hall, and I really like Saquon Barkley next year. He's back, and he'll figure out his contract with the Giants, and he'll be back, and he'll be better than ever. I mean, I do think there's a big gap, between, I mean, talent-wise, between Saquon Barkley and Brees Hall. But um, plus, I, I mean, I'm a bit doubtful of that take. I think Brees Hall can be extremely successful, uh, and he did show flashes of that. Uh, but the Jets, I think, are going to be a bit more of a pass-heavy team this year with the addition of Aaron Rodgers and a young wide receiver core. Um, so I think that might take some carries away from Brees Hall. The Jets are looking to be more explosive. Um, so... And plus, as I've reiterated multiple times, the injuries are a big concern for me. Um, but we'll definitely see how it plays out. He's he's certainly a young guy, and it was sad to see last year's. But hopefully, he can pick up where he left off. And at my number four, I have the same as Cole Saquon Barkley. What an amazing bounce back season he had. He's great in the pass game, and he's obviously great in the running game. And this this Giants team is better than people think, and they're going to be competing in a lot of games, which means Saquon is going to be in and valuable in almost every single game. And this receiving core didn't really get an upgrade. They got Jalen Hyatt, which is an, it's an okay add, but it's not like adding Devontae, you know? Yeah. He's going to be okay, which means that Saquon is still going to likely be the most valuable person on this offense. And his play style is great for fantasy, and I would love to have Saquon on my team. He's a great number four. Yeah. Uh, Blake, who do you have your number three? I have Christian McCaffrey. Whoa, down at three? Yeah, I have Christian McCaffrey at three. I mean, he is everything Saquon is in the passing and running game, but better, I will say. But the one thing that does uh, make me question a little bit is when Elijah Mitchell played last year, he, he wasn't nobody. He got carries. It was like around 15 McCaffrey, 10 Mitchell. We saw we, Everyone's so hyped up on McCaffrey right now because Mitchell missed the end of the season, and it was all the McCaffrey show. But when Mitchell played, he, he played, and he took carries away from McCaffrey. So there is a he. I still think McCaffrey could finish as the the number one running back, but it's a little knock for me to know that he's not solo in that offense like someone like Henry or Saquon is. Uh, but my the thing that I differ on though is I kind of like that because McCaffrey's getting a little older now. He's reaching his late twenties. He's been dealing with injuries through his career. Yeah, and we talk I about like, injury prone. You got to say McCaffrey's yeah, injury prone. But, but that's kind of why I like that they have Elijah Mitchell there to take some of that those carries away from him so that he's not getting killed every other play and that way he can come go over to the sideline heal up get back on wear and tear is a very real thing and making sure you can take a couple plays off or drive off here and there is very important and you know even in those games when Elijah Mitchell was there McCaffrey was still producing at a high level yeah and so for that reason I like McCaffrey he's at my two because we'll get to that though later but yeah he's at my two just because I like that he has Mitchell there, and I don't think he'll be as injury-prone this upcoming season because of that. Look, I mean, all these guys are top tier. It's yeah. hard to rank them. 
like all these guys are would you, you'd love to come out with the first round. So I just had McCaffrey at three because two guys are like a little slightly better. Yeah. Vig, who's at your three? At my three, I have Austin Eckler. Um, he, you know, obviously he's been super consistent over the last, what, two or three years. He's mm-hmm. obviously a humongous receiving threat, um, as well as a rushing threat. He, he drops a ton of TDs and a ton of rushing yards every single game. You could count on it. Justin Herbert, he has a great quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, and kind of like Cole was mentioning, Austin Eckhart doesn't have to get killed every play. He's not super injury prone. Um, because just because the Chargers are more pass heavy. Um, so, I mean, Eckler, I don't see him slowing down. He's going to be a super t- consistent guy, always going to be top five. That's why I have him at the three. Yeah, that's a great take. Eckler is going to be a stud again this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks any differently on that, right? He's always no, yeah. a stud. It's hard to not rank him number one upside. in my – it's hard to not give him the number one spot in my, in my eyes. I have Eckler at two. Like oh. we can all say, the amount of receptions he gets – it just makes him a PPR monster. Having a running back get 13-plus receptions in one game, I would pray for that on my receiver. And also, yeah. he just has that touchdown upside. He's not like a big – he's not a big, like, bruiser dude, but he just always gets in the end zone. He's like – he has 20 touchdown season games. Like, he's just someone who scores a lot of touchdowns and he catches a lot of passes. There's no two things that are better for PPR. So I love Eckler, too, and I have him at number two. Yeah. Uh, at my number three, I have Bijan Robinson – which I know we will talk more about him later in this segment. So I'll take a, I won't talk too much on him, but I think he's going to be a phenomenal running back next season. He has high upside to be running back one. Uh, I just have him at three. I just, you know, I can't put a rookie at my number one just yet, but I mean, look at Saquon Barkley, his rookie season, super highly drafted player who then has a huge rookie season. Because running backs deal with wear and tear. It's very real. And I know I keep bringing that up in this segment, but it's because that's the name of the game for running backs is wear and tear. He does not have that yet. So he can have a massive season if he stays healthy and on the field. Bijan is a beast. And I would love to come away from the first round with him. Yeah, I completely agree. Quinn, you have who's your number two? Uh, at my number two, I have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I know, as I've said, that you know injuries are a big concern, and Jonathan Taylor has been injured recently. But this Colts team has a d- new young QB. They have a new and young vibe. I think they're, you know, they're going to try and be in a, a more explosive offense, especially on the ground. Their receiving core isn't the best, but Anthony Richardson is definitely a super talented runner. So I think his threat combined with Jonathan Taylor's threat is going to be really hard for teams to combat. And I think Jonathan Taylor's carries are going to, you know, remain constant, maybe even go up a little bit. So, you know, he may miss a game or two, but the games where he does play are extremely valuable. So I'd count on him to be a a top three guy. Yeah. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I've got McCaffrey at my two, which I think Blake brings us to our number one. Who do you have at number one? At my number one running back for the fantasy football season, I have Bijan Robinson, and it's not even close. I'm completely all in on Bijan. I think he's gonna have he's gonna demand as many as many rushing attempts as Derrick Henry. He's gonna have he's gonna probably be the best passing upside running back out of all these players, and he's just a superstar talent. Like you said, Saquon Barkley was drafted early. I don't mind that he's a rookie. Rookies are known to be really good in fantasy football. We've seen Saquon do it. We've seen Zeke do it. We've seen Kamara do it. We've seen McCaffrey do it. Bijan Robinson is as good or better than all these guys coming in right now. 
and he got drafted to probably the most perfect situation in Atlanta because there's no run heavier team. You might say it's the Titans. It's not. It is the Falcons as the run heaviest team in the entire league. And they just added likely the best prospect in the last 10 years at running back. I've seen him line up in the slot OTAs. I've seen him catching passes all over. He's going to demand a huge target share. I, I think he's going to be a, a fantasy superstar and it finishes the RB1 the entire season. All right. So, Blake, if on the clock in our league you get the number one pick, is Bijan your pick? I was going to say the same thing. Yep, it is. All right. Wow. And you know what? I love if, that. Pick. If I get any pick in the first round and Bijan's on the board, he's mine. If he falls to five, he's at five. If he falls to seven, he's mine at seven. If I go, if I'm number one, he's mine at one. And that's how I feel about him. Bijan Robinson is going to be the best running back in fantasy football. Some high expectations for a rookie running back. But I respect Blake's opinion because, you know, similar to like, you know, how I feel really passionate about Justin Fields being QB1, you know, since day one, I know Blake's been really high on Bijan. And, you know, he sticks by his guns. And I think Bijan. I agree. He's going to be a tank this season. And and rookie running backs are good because no one's afraid to just run them till they die. It's just the it's the way it is. Running backs don't last long, and especially if you draft them this high, they're going to need to use them to justify it. They're going to run him till he's. They're going to run him a lot. And as much as you might think Tyler Algier is going to get carries, I do not think that's a big factor. It's not like a a running back where Bijan's going to get all the runs and Tyler's going to catch all the passes. Bijan is a better cat pass catcher than Tyler easy i just don't know a situation where tyler's going to go on the field unless Bijan's completely gassed off like after like an 80 yard run i think yeah. Bijan could have 25 carries a game and 10 targets a game most games and there's nothing i'd rather have than a running back than that yeah totally agree vig who's at your number one at my number one i think you guys are not going to like this take i have christian mccaffrey uh once he got traded to the 49ers he was the number one guy the rest of the year I don't, you know, I really don't see that slowing down, especially with Brock Purdy uh, and the poor QB play likely going to be happening um, in the beginning of the year. Uh, So they're going to be relying on him. Obviously, there's that Elijah Mitchell presence, but I honestly don't see that being that big of an issue just because 49ers, they saw how successful they were with Christian McCaffrey. He took them all the way. I think it was to the NFC Championship again. So, I mean, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Um you know, he may be injury prone. He's a little bit older, but I think last year we kind of saw that younger Christian McCaffrey once again. And, you know, I'm not expecting anything different this year. Yeah. And I, I don't know why you'd think I wouldn't like that take. I really like that take. You know, I've got him at my number two, but McCaffrey is never a bad pick. I could totally see anyone justifying taking him at number one because he's Christian McCaffrey. He's that guy. You think of mm-hmm. the stereotypical fantasy football running back. It's the guy who has the potential to put up a thousand receiving and a thousand rushing in a season. A hundred percent. Yeah. When I think of McCaffrey, I think of that game this last season where he ran for a touchdown, uh, caught a touchdown and passed for a touchdown. And I was yeah. like, this guy, is he even human? So I don't yeah. really think anyone's going to have an issue with McCaffrey at one, just because of how good he is in the passing game. Of course, how good he is as a rusher and just how important he is to this offense. Yeah. Um, at my number one, I'm going back to last year's my number one pick. Didn't turn out well last year, but I'm gonna stick by it again this year. Jonathan Taylor, Vig, you point out a lot of good things. I think he's gonna have a bounce back year. His rookie season, I we keep coming back to this, and it's a reason Bijan's probably gonna be great. Is rookie running backs always are produce. good, yes. It's just a thing. And so similar to how Brees Hall produced, 
uh, similar to how Saquon produced, similar to how Bijan might have produced. Jonathan Taylor had a huge rookie season. He was riddled by injuries last year in a bad team, but I think he bounces back this year. Uh, if I have the number one pick in the draft, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. There's no one else I would want. And I think taking anyone else is kind of just overthinking it. I think Jonathan Taylor is the clear-cut number one running back for me. I like that, but don't you think – granted, Taylor's amazing. Don't you think Richardson and how spectacular of a rusher he is is going to slightly take away from Taylor? Uh, Not necessarily because I think they're just going to run similar to how they ran at Florida. So you know Travis Etienne's brother is at uh, Florida, and mm-hmm. he produced last season because they ran a lot of RPO. And I think – that because I'm someone who's not really high on Richardson. I don't think he's that great. You know, I've made a few videos about it and he's just not a great throwing quarterback. They're going to have to go to a lot of RPO similar to what the Ravens ran Lamar's first few seasons. And that produces a lot for running backs because remember even Mark Ingram on his deathbed was producing with the Ravens when Lamar was a rookie. And so I think because of that, Jonathan Taylor is going to get a ton of rushes. Yeah, no, I think there's a. It is interesting how you guys have him really high up, and I didn't even have him, have him in my top five, but he's still a spectacular running back. I think. Although Richardson Quinn there, didn't have Bijan in his top five, right? No, I did not. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I guess we're just going to see where the cookie crumbles because I do love Taylor, but last year raised some questions for me. And I think adding a quarterback that is maybe the best running or the best quarterback we've seen at the combine of all time is a big deal and he's, he's going to take stuff away. Yeah. But again, it comes down to the play style that he runs with and they're going to run RPO. They've already said that Frank Reich said he wants to run RPO. I love that. And so for that reason, I think that it's going to be, or not Frank Reich, uh, their coach Reich's with the Panthers now, but anyway, they said that they're going to run a lot more RPO this Steichen? season. Yeah, Steichen. Yeah, Steichen yeah. yeah. And so because of that, I really like the possible rushing upside for him. With that, though, let's move into tight ends. Big, who's your number five tight end? At the number five, I have TJ Hawkinson. Found a new team in the Vikings last year. Um, and, and you know, he ended up being super successful. He had a really strong close to the year. Uh, almost felt like Kirk Cousins was accessing that TJ Hawkinson that we expected out of the draft. The Lions never necessarily got, you know, his full potential out of him. But the Vikings were. So I expect that to continue this year. And I think he's certainly a top five guy. Yeah, no question about that. No question about it. Yeah, just depends on where you rank it. I do love Hawkinson. Yeah, he's getting like what six between like six and nine targets a game. You know, that's really you know loved him. Uh huh. That you know that's all you can really ask for from a tight end. Yeah, that's what you need in fantasy for tight ends is just Uh receptions, especially targets. Yeah, because it's a wasteland. Once you get past like the top six, just nobody there. There's my number five. I have George Kittle. He might not have the target share like the rest of these guys in the list just because there's so many mouths to feed on that 49ers offense. But he is by far the biggest red zone threat on that team. He catches a lot of touchdowns. And he just makes big, spectacular catches. He might only have four catches, but he might have two touchdowns and 75 yards on those four catches. Mm -hmm. And he's always consistently good. I cannot have him not on my top five. So for that reason, I put him at five. Yeah, just point blank. He's the second most talented tight end in the league. To not have him in a top five is... You know, just kind of absurd. He's a great player. He's going to produce no matter what offense he's in. Uh, my number five, I've got the rookie Dalton Kincaid. I think he's mm. going to be a beast in Buffalo. 
they obviously want to use him if they're going to spend a first round pick on him. That means that he's going to be big. Josh Allen is going to be great. He's finally going to have a check down option. But at that, Kincaid is a tight end who loves to go deep. And we saw at Utah, what they did was basically go down the field, screw it, he's down there somewhere, Dalton would catch a touchdown. You saw how he cooked up USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm very high on Kincaid. Uh, With that, it will bring me to my number four, Dallas Goddard, another guy who's just uber talented, always produces. He's He's like the ideal just solid fantasy tight end doesn't get injured really knock on wood but he's just consistent he can always get you 10 to 15 points a week and that's all you really can ask for from your fantasy tight end yeah my number four i have tj hawkinson it's like the second he got put in that vikings offense they loved him and besides jefferson he is the second target and they also got rid of thielen thielen got 100 targets last year and jefferson was still amazing those 100 targets are going to go somewhere i feel like a lot of them are going to go to hawkinson Hawkins is going to be a good red zone threat. And like everything Quinn said, it's a pass heavy offense and he is an amazing tight end. He's going to catch six to nine passes a game, which is perfect for a tight end in fantasy because most of them are catching two to three. And it's like, please just give me five points. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as Blake stated before, at my four, I have George Kittle. Uh, Blake already said a ton of great things about him, but he's mean. He's ruthless. Uh, He's always had a great amount of targets. Uh, on the 49ers, he's he's a staple in their offense, and I don't see that slowing down. Obviously, the QB uh, situation is a bit of a question mark for him, but you know George Kittle has been able to produce. Um, you know, QB one, QB two, QB three. It doesn't matter. He's been extremely consistent, extremely talented. Uh, he also he also has that big playability. You know, he'll break through a few tackles whenever he wants to, and he'll just go for a 75 yarder. Like Blake said, he might have two touchdowns, three touchdowns a game. Um, so, you know, he's just like, like you guys said, he's a staple in a top five. Yeah. And I think he's probably the most versatile tight end in the league. Yeah, that's why I've got him at his my blocking ability. Three. Yeah. Yeah. He's willing yeah. to do it all. Yeah. He's at my number three. So we have him at five, four, and three. We mm-hmm. all agree. Kittle is a beast. Anyone would be happy to have him on their fantasy team. He's just simply that guy. Vig, who's sure. at your number three? At my three, I have Dalton Kincaid. We saw Josh Allen be really successful with Dawson Knox just about two years ago. And I'll tell you what, I I watched a few games of Dalton Kincaid at Utah. And, you know, he's maybe a more talented Travis Kelsey. Uh, And maybe, I think so. He's He looks really, really good. I mean, he's at least on par with Travis Kelsey. You know, his big play, he has a, I think he has a better big play ability than Travis Kelsey. He goes deep more. He has excellent hands, kind of like Kittle. He's willing to do it all. He's an excellent blocker. You can Mm -hmm. expect this guy to get a lot of targets. He's going to be the, I think he's going to get the second most targets on that team just behind Stephon Diggs. I'm really, really high on Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Super talented tight end on a very pass heavy offense. Sign me up for that too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three, I have Darren Waller. Whoa. Down season last year with with injuries, I feel like people tend to forget how dominant he was the year before. He was putting up like top five wide receiver numbers, like ten catches, one hundred twenty five yards, and two touchdowns. Like he's 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 very athletic. He's super fast, great route runner. Not no, he's no blocker like Kittle, but he just he's just a big big wide receiver. And the Giants have one of the worst receiving cores in the league and they didn't really upgrade. It's still the same receiving core like I kind of talked about. A lot of 
middle of the pack guys that have been suffering with injuries like Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson. And they got Jalen Hyatt, who I expect might be good, but it's going to take probably the entire year. He's not like a Garrett Wilson prospect. Sure. That's why I think, like, besides Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller is going to be the most effective guy on that offense. And he's going to demand a massive target share. And you guys are going to remember how good Waller really is on this down season. I think Waller this year, he's going to have good value in drafts because people don't really think about him. But I think he's going to be top three for sure. I think that's fair, especially because Daniel Jones doesn't really throw the deep ball. So I think Mm -hmm. we're going to expect a lot of like inside, outside routes to Darren Waller, some shorter passes. He's just going to rack up the targets and the receptions. And and Darren Waller is one to take it to the house. Like he can, he can run. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 His his run after the catch ability is certainly there. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys, you guys seem to be neglecting like last year when he was playing, even before the injuries, he was not producing last season. And that was on an offense where you would kind of think, he should have been producing with Derek Carr there, with Devontae Adams taking a lot of the deep uh, routes. Like He should have been producing like he had in previous years, but he wasn't. And then he's getting injured, and now he's going to an offense where we don't know how he's going to fit. And this is a Giants offense that is not kind to tight ends. You never see someone using a Giants tight end in fantasy because they don't really use them there. It's just kind of the way it is. And Maybe this is a sign that they want to start. We haven't seen a good them. tight end there in a long time. Exactly. Yeah. It's I not agree like with Daniel Blake. Bellinger. It's not like, oh, we got to make sure we get Bellinger the ball 18 times. Like, it's not like yeah. that. But at that, just there's so many question marks. And I, you know, Blake, you pointed out, I have a bad taste in my mouth from him last season. And I like and, that. That means I can get him later, which is good. And, and that's, <laughs> and that's great. And that's great. But for that reasoning, I'm, kind of like i wouldn't take him as a top five tight end this upcoming season and to talk about the point with like the him being on the raiders last year and even when he was healthy he didn't really produce that is very valid i guess i'm kind of just putting that away like it's an epiphany because i was so in on the raiders last year like oh i want Carr, i want adams i want renfro but really adams was the only one who had a good season even with Carr and all those weapons he didn't really produce and renfro had a really down season too and i still think renfro is good i feel like it was kind of just a year where it was like there were so many weapons but like the offense was just all confused and no one was on the same level and the coaching was bad. I'm just kind of throwing that away and hoping Waller is better this next year, but it is a valid point. Yeah. And he definitely has the skills to do it. I'm not doubting that. It's just for me, it's me. It's just too many questions, but that's why I will let you take him with the perceived good value in the later rounds of the draft. Uh, but I'll be taking, hopefully the guy who's at my number two, Mark Andrews, always a consistent producer and no one's going to debate that mark andrews is a top two tight end and i think i'm probably all of us have the same top two tight yeah ends. Are, we, are we consistent with mark at two yep. yeah i run a mark and and travis travi yeah. at one yep yeah yep. both like for these, obvious reasons yeah like we can just kind of sit here and say these two guys if they are available in your fantasy leagues especially with how important tight ends are becoming because like blake pointed out tight ends are very top heavy Outside of the top seven, eight guys, it's a wasteland of tight ends. You're going to get maybe six to eight points a week. That's not starting tight end caliber stuff. Those top eight, you got to make sure you get one of them. It's Mm -hmm. so important to do. And for that reason, that's why I love the value of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Every fantasy championship winning team has a top three tight end. And I think I saw the stat where it was like, it was like 95% of teams. There's some crazy stat that had Travis Kelsey on their team. So, you know, that kind of brings up a question for me. Do you guys think Kelsey should be taken seriously as a number one overall pick this year? 
I think I think if someone took him number one in our league, I would not I would not care yeah. at all. I think it's very valid. Yeah, like, it's the, like Yeah, it's like yeah, how it's like go ahead, Cole. I I personally wouldn't do it because I'm more of a running back guy at number one. But if I saw someone take Travis Kelsey number one, I would not bat an eye. I'd say, damn, that's a good pick. Yeah, I think you can completely understand it. I think just in most leagues and people in general have a hard time taking a tight end at the number one overall spot. But when you look at it, Travis, I mean, besides his counterpart and Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey has been the most consistently good player at any position fantasy wise, right? He's not injury prone. He's he's a guaranteed double digit points per game. There's no one else like him out there. And like the. The advantage you get by having Kelsey when you're playing someone, it's like so apparent when they're mm-hmm. starting Cole Komet and you're starting Travis Kelsey. It's like an extra 20 points. For sure. And it's also, I think the biggest thing is like, no one has a problem drafting a receiver in the first round. There's no issue with that. But there's some issue with tight end. If Travis Kelsey yeah. was just listed as a receiver, people would take him in the first round all the time. He's better than almost every single receiver besides maybe Jay Jettison Cup. I have yeah. no issue drafting, drafting him in the first round. And kind of like what I said about Henry, until his wheels completely fall off and he's unable to walk, I'm going to be all in on Kelsey every single mm-hmm. year. Yep. Yeah. And you also just got to think about it that Mark Andrews, we all say is consensus too. He doesn't stand a chance like Kelsey. Kelsey still scores like 100 more points a season than him. And Mark Andrews is still amazing. But it's just crazy how he might be the greatest tight end of all time. We, we Someone could say that. He is just so, so, so dominant and so good for fantasy. Yeah. And with that, I think we've completed our top five. It's good to be back, boys, in the studio recording. Yeah, it's great. And we're going to be pushing yeah. out a lot of content. So make sure to keep following us. We're going to start posting YouTube videos, a lot more TikToks, TikToks of our podcast clips. We're going to be posting interview questions a lot. You know, with the season becoming closer and closer, we want to try to really build this brand up before the season starts. So look for us on all platforms because we're going to be pushing our content out a lot. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be out soon. See you from Blake. Cole. Quinn. We're out. Bye.